Hello and welcome to Month of Sundays, the podcast bringing you political commentary on entertainment media from the perpetual Sunday of suburban ennui. I'm Ruben. And I'm Livy. And today we are discussing Amazon's new TV show, well, season two just came out, The Boys. Um, developed and showrun by Eric Kripke, who made Supernatural, weirdly. I think I'd never seen Supernatural, but it's a bit I've of, seen like, uh, a couple of episodes ever. Yeah. Um, and based on the comic book by Garth Ennis, who made Preacher as well, I think. Uh, yeah, this is a show sort of lambasting the current trend of superhero shows while also being a sort of superhero show itself, wherein the superheroes are all owned by a big corporation, Vought, and other bad guys, whereas the titular boys are the good guys who are sort of running around trying to bring down this evil corporation that owns all the superheroes. Yeah, we've discussed how it's kind of dreadfully titled. Like, it seems like a mm. kind of... Like, we really love the TV show. We've just had an amazing couple of weeks we binge-watching watch it. it. But Yeah, really the main reason I didn't want to watch it for a long time is the really bad title. They should yeah. have changed the title from the comic, I think, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I think it's like... like it, It's kind of funny, but not that funny. And it's like... And it, and it kind of... I think, And not to be, not to be kind of using the sort of trite like uh identity politics that the tv show itself obviously is kind of lambasting but um it does it is just immediately alienating like half of its target market <laughs> like because who's to know that it's yeah. kind of ironic you know who's what i know mean that the, one, like oh uh, yeah you know again it's slightly playing into the thing it lambasts but who's to know that the main character is actually a woman well one of the two main one of the two main characters yeah. a man and a woman yeah. yeah the other main character is not a character so but we'll get yeah, to that we'll a bit later that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so as i said we've really enjoyed the boys over the last couple of weeks uh recommended to us both by my friend matt and ruben's twin millen who are yeah. both keen. but also i think it just seems like it also just seems it like a bit of a cultural moment at the yeah, moment that everybody yeah. seems to get i've seen lots of it. adverts for it which explains well which is explained by it being um produced by amazon prime for prime video yeah which is also i mean sort of ironically funny or interesting yeah i mean this is what we kind of want to get to isn't it because this is really the central irony and the central problem of the boys as a tv show and what we kind of need to puzzle out a little bit in this podcast what we have is um a kind of very explicit on the nose but kind of really like um yeah i like i was kind of surprised by how specific and consistent it was and explicit uh, a kind of just a critique of big american corporations by but obviously put out by a big american corporation yeah, like amazon the big, big american, the big american perhaps, yeah, yeah yeah one of the big evils obviously <laughs> um and kind of this whole picture is like maybe made even more ironic so you've already got a problem there like can can something made within this kind of uh um made within this kind of like obviously very typically quite shallow medium um be kind of be, be genuinely subversive be genuinely kind of productive for any sort of resistance um towards the the corporations that are that are kind of like this type of corporations that are lambasted in the tv show itself but then you've kind of got another level of a problem because like kind of within as if it were sort of semi-self-aware i don't know if this is the case or if it's a kind of happy accident mm -hmm. but within the boys itself you have a lot of performance of sort of quote-unquote subversion by vault by the big company for example they hire someone in series two um yeah. what she called stormfront, stormfront who very um, obviously named as, yeah. as is sort of the trend of the whole show i'd say yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so stormfront who um uh at first you think her character is this kind of uh 
sort of vaguely subversive sort of um, getting in there, like getting in against the corporation despite being part of the corporation kind of, you know, she, you think at first, she, it actually turns out to be more complicated than this. Uh, I'd like for her to be more evil than this, but you kind of think that she's a sort of sellout who's performing all of this sort of um, rage against the corporation whilst being part of the corporation itself. Yeah. But of course, and of course that, that kind of thing is lambasted within the TV show itself. But then what more um, is the boys to Amazon than a kind of performance of subversion, yeah. but but a kind of vector through which it can uh, channel and express sat- uh, dissatisfaction and kind of get viewers sort of subtly and insidiously on side, even though it's a yeah. kind of very explicit uh, in-your-face production. Like, what more is the boys to Amazon? Can any kind of actual dissent or, like, any kind of consciousness-raising come out of the boys? That's yeah. kind of the question and that what, we're faced yeah. with. And what would that consciousness-raising be or look like in this? It's what Mark Fisher talks about, going back to him again in Capitalist Realism, isn't it, of course, that the the anti-capitalism is so performed for you that it becomes part of the entertainment rather than part of anything productive or exactly like the idea of um of wally being like a kind of vector for us to get all of our uh uh, anti-capitalist rage out without actually having to change anything about society exactly yeah and wally he uses the example of wally in particular isn't it because it's sort of taking this inevitable end point of a terrible capitalist society where everyone's in you know, everyone's this fat person in like a floating chair. And yeah, just the, the, and the, and the Earth has become a kind of just like detritus zone. Yeah, but he said, I think he says Wally sort of implies that that's inevitably going to happen almost. Yeah, right? and, yeah. And, and that the, and the resistance is pointless. Yeah, 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 which is not to be fair the message of the boys. So because the boys obviously, um, I think we were just on the Wikipedia page. The the Wikipedia page describes the boys themselves as vigilantes, which is I guess what they are. You know, mm, uh, yeah. they're going after the soups um, as they're called. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we kind of we, yeah. It's it's it, it's very explicitly violent in this kind of quite fun, almost like cartoonish way. Yeah, which cartoony. is obviously very it literally often kind of exploding the norms of the super superhero yeah. genre, which is typically kind of very violent in plot, but very sanitized and non-violent on screen. Right? Like that's yeah, kind of one yeah, of its, definitely one of its kind of uneasy glossed over features really yeah, superhero yeah. films and i think yeah it, it could be that it's slightly boringly filmed maybe at times but also it is a part of the form of which it critiques that means which is superhero films like marvel films and so on which are extremely sort of cookie cutter um, well and to be fair it makes it all the more shocking when someone's head explodes exactly, if it other yeah. if it other than that it's looks exactly the, like yeah, a marvel it's a film, version within know. the sort of form which makes sense yeah yeah, yeah exactly. exactly um yeah i mean so speaking of i think it, it's useful at this point because um the boys is like a completely explicitly constantly referential show it's it's it is about superhero films yeah as well as other but it's, it's about big corporations in a, in a variety of ways but, you know it's about superhero films so i think it's maybe worth talking a little bit um ruben about kind of the context of like what these superhero films are usually like their kind of flatness yeah their, i'm well, not exactly, a big watcher yeah. of marvel films okay, or yeah, anything um, like that sadly but... i'll have to talk about this because Libby, <laughs> Libby, luckily i've and, seen like one and a half yeah, ever. <laughs> and i've seen probably about 25 or something ridiculous yeah um not that many actually um superhero films so superhero films obviously as everyone knows are the biggest sort of cultural staple and hegemonic cultural force of the moment they represent this sort of really sterile um like yeah cookie cutter corporate feel of films where they're made by supposedly individual directors but they all feel exactly the same and the marvel films in particular the other the dc films are 
often just quite bad to be honest and so it's kind of, kind of trying to aim to be the marvel films while being sort of quote unquote darker which is one of the we're things not that claiming that there has um, never been a good superhero oh no film. like yeah, um, I'm not... a big defender of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1 through 3. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the yeah. early ones. And uh, we both love Joker. Which we both love Joker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a superhero um, film, Lots of people Although are I think, like... I think that's a bit silly. Yeah, yeah. Not lots really of people superhero think film, it's really silly in a way. I don't know. I think, I think... I don't know. I think... I thought it was... I thought it was really yeah. good. I thought it was really... Um, it, was, it was in a very similar vein to The Boys, of course. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, really, we hadn't really discussed that before, but like that, that is obviously yeah, I very agree. much the yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, again, Less sort of funny. within within the same within the same spectacles, and it's literally a Joker film. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. yeah, we're not talking about that one today. I think yeah. So the superhero films, I'm sure you've all seen at least one of these Marvel films, which are particularly the biggest ones at the moment, made by Disney, of course, with the big, the biggest corporation. Um, it's interesting in the context of Disney just buying 20th Century Fox, who were like, you know, one of the big three. Um, studios in the in the early hollywood system and yeah because in the boys vault basically runs everything don't they they're yeah, kind they of own it's, it's all this, the culture right they basically own all like you know you go into any um convenience shop or whatever and you're like surrounded by cardboard cutouts yeah. and superheroes and all of this sort of thing you know selling various products like toothpaste and chocolate bars and everything in fact i think one of the most effective sequences in the whole of the boys just to contextualize this quickly as usual i'm afraid this will not yeah. be a spoiler free oh, podcast yeah. i think we've already spoiled um, stuff yeah we've well you know we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna, we're gonna spoil it worse for you now yeah. <laughs> um but uh there's a, one of the most powerful sequences uh i think in the boys is uh this kind of little uh repeater sequence of a man waking up several days in a row and weeks in a row who's obviously very obsessed with stormfront who ends up being basically oh, yeah. a nazi that was one of my favorite bit, um and like he goes into this convenience store every day which is kind of smattered with all of these um sort of relics of the superheroes in various mm, yeah. ways these sort of commercial relics of the superheroes um and he ends up uh in a, in a kind of just act of racism really but like you know having been got at by the kind of the the insidious racism um marketed by Vought, he shoots the uh convenience store uh oh, owner yeah. um and that's i think one of the most powerful like seeing that interplay between um uh, the stuff that we have, the stuff that we've been watching, and that's been at the centre of um, of our experience as a viewer, and the actual general yeah. population, which we don't get very much of yeah, up which until I then. I remember us talking about before that scene. We don't. It was annoying how you didn't get to see what real life was sort of like for normal people in this show. But actually, but that I was think quite that a good insight. Although there could have been more of it, I guess maybe. I guess I thought it was kind of stylish though that as yeah, well. You know, it yeah. was. I mean, I'm not saying it was like groundbreakingly innovative or anything either but like you know the way it was done was very deft and poignant yeah, i thought yeah. um and kind of almost because we'd been a little bit starved of that kind of insight before yeah, um just added like a kind of quite yeah. like powerful kind of extra layer to yeah. it so of the plus of it the was played that. by fat neil from community yeah <laughs> <laughs> many of you may be fans who knows <laughs> who knows yeah um, from yeah. the dungeons and dragons episode a yeah. dungeons and dragons episode of community and one of the two right? married at the end right Oh no, what, that's Fat Garrett, Neil. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> We're talking about the boys. Um, yeah, so um, I think what's fun, what's fun and refreshing about the boys is it's sort of unashamed, on-the-nose satire and sort of quote-unquote trashiness being a virtue rather than something, and something it plays into rather than something that it tries to shy away from and be sort of dark and gritty as lot as most superhero films as most non-marvel superhero films in fact 
try to be now and like it's sort of this it's it's, a, it's an often lambasted thing in in things that sort of need to be like the dark knight basically yeah and be really self-serious and so and um moody and dark colors and... yeah the idea that it can be about something serious while not taking itself exactly, seriously yeah. it's just very valuable on tv and yeah. you, were, you were making an interesting point earlier ruben about yeah, this i think it's interesting because tv has to sort of fill the space now of the mid-budget film which has gone away in the last in the last sort of 20 years because film companies either make massive blockbusters usually superhero films or they make um or there's sort of independent films which are much smaller budget yeah and there's no room for these sort of mid-budget 50 million pound films which are actually like sort of the most popular films that you think about yeah. sort of the most popular films ever stuff like jaws or uh like pulp fiction things like yeah. that are these sort of things that came out of auteur directors give it being granted a sort of studio license by 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 a big studio to make something high budget something make something fun and genre-y not taking itself too seriously but while being interesting and clever and sort of innovative within the form and um you don't yeah films don't there's lots of brilliant films coming out, of course. We we talk yeah, about them course, often yeah. at the moment, but there's no room in the studio system, the American studio system, or much less room, at least, for stuff like that. And the TV that is meant to replace it, the sort of quote-unquote prestige TV of HBO mm, and stuff, yeah. I often find quite boring and so Again, serious. Again, sterile, I think, sterile and formulaic. In a way, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked, obviously, on this there podcast great, before. Yeah. There, of course, there is great TV coming out again, but uh, we've talked on this podcast before about that kind of trend of making TV via algorithm. Um, yeah. That does deaden a lot of stuff. And, exactly, also, yeah. and also, yeah, that kind of tonal thing where you haven't really got that freedom to play with tone and so and everything exactly, so much yeah. you're kind of boxed in you're boxed um, in and you're boxed into having to be sort of obviously serious like making something about something in quote marks yeah, or so, either obviously serious or really really empty and vapid and like exactly, there's no in yeah. between and often both i think like yeah. sort of things made so people can screenshot them and put them on twitter so yeah yeah like oh you know here's a black Hashtag woman making power. a great yeah. point about you know like structural racism or something yeah and, exactly yeah, <laughs> you know the, the shows aren't actually about those things yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly no i mean well i mean but they are because all they, they are, are is a sort of a series of vignettes which are designed to go on Twitter, exactly, you know yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of what they're. But anyway, but yeah, they're not really about anything. So what's refreshing about the boys surface. go back to it is that it's is that it's allowed to yeah have have room to be just uh, within its genre and making sort of obvious satirical points in a fun and exciting way. I think. And I think that what's kind of, as you were saying, what's sort of missing in um, cinema now, that where there's a kind of gap, um, is that like a lots of those kind of say like indie films which don't get huge audiences necessarily well, obviously some of them meant you know they will still get millions worldwide watching them but you mm. know but 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 not the same kind of popular appeal or whatever it does mean that that kind of consciousness raising aspect or whatever is missing from uh you know mainstream cinema mainstream tv yeah. kind of kind of anything which means that i mean kind of knowledge becomes uh stratified you know yeah, so the yeah. sort of those already in the know the kind of um sort of educated liberal middle classes whatever yeah. um kind of get to keep their sort of social critique although kind of you know yeah. without really doing very fucking much about it yeah. um and kind of nobody who might have any actual vested interest in social change exactly, really gets yeah. um much of a much of a say or much of a, yeah. a kind of insight through media like at least. things are made for people to sort of nod at and agree with without sort of challenging anyone's actual opinions yeah and things. exactly yeah. exactly 
um without yeah without forcing people to think about the companies that are peddling these lies to them or whatever you know so do you think the boys achieves that and as we were talking about earlier do you think it does step itself out outside of the spectacle that it partakes in as well well what i like about the boys is that as i say it's kind of i think it's i think it's sharp enough to be really funny uh Mm. to and to be kind of very apt um while being accessible enough that you would really 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 have to be kind of trying almost not to get it do you see what i mean like it's not it's not a highbrow program and nobody's kind of pretending that it is and kind of as we've said i think that's really one of its strengths that it's kind of very ready to take its own territory um it does have this kind of problem sometimes this kind of queasy like um uh, I think Queasy's probably putting it a little bit, bit, a bit too far, but it kind of is very much in the house style of like an of, of an, any other kind of like slightly generic Amazon or Netflix TV mm-hmm. TV, yeah. TV show. That's in the way it's directed, yeah. um, as Rubens maybe may mentioned already. Um, also in this thing that it does all the time, these kind of very like uh, on the nose music clues, which yeah. are supposed to be kind of rousing moments where everyone's like, oh yeah, this yeah. is badass. Which so I think are badass. not ironic at all, really. They're right? not. They're yeah. not ironic. No, no. Like, but like they're kind of, you know, they're they're just in the style of of like lots of superhero films, like in themselves. Like you you even said about um. Yeah, I think it, I think Guardians of the Galaxy probably really popularized that thing of playing big um, pop music with has with a, a specific song that is then used in yeah, the boys um, again, Cherry. Cherry Bomb, bomb yeah. yeah, and also there's a big one set to David Bowie's Moon Age Daydream, I think, in Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, oh, a famous, like not famous, you know, a bit that think people like, where it's all set to the Pina Colada song. Nice, you know, it's all those sorts of like, completely yeah, yeah. relevant, and well, it's sort kind of, so people are like, is, I recognise that song. It is working in the same way as the politics, I guess, maybe. Yeah, it is working on. Um, yeah, I I recognise mm. that song. I recognise that kind of like quite trite political sentiment. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah but it is working on. Uh, a kind of a level of irony and that the way that those music sequences usually work is that there's an ironic distance between the tone of the song which might mm. be upbeat or whatever and what's being depicted on screen which is gritty but it's it's overused to the point of cliche by now by like many many different tv series or yeah, whatever you know, and the boys watched, does slightly fall into that trap definitely yeah i watched um the babysitter last night and oh yeah there was not a more uh film with a more with many more clear examples of that exact trope used over and over again than that film yeah and yeah actually it was trying to be a similarly sort of subversive um, horror film like sort of comedy horror film like Scream but sort of not being, yeah. being not that good at it I remember fair. talking to a boy at a party uh, <laughs> about five years ago four years ago <laughs> or something and he, he thought he was very clever to be fair so this is going to sound a little bit mean but I remember him saying like um oh, you know, yeah, the thing is, I just want to make films and, like, nowadays everybody will be like, oh, I want to make a film that subverts, that subverts this, this kind of film and, like, makes, and, like, take, makes, take, makes fun of this kind of film and, but, you know, the thing is, nobody's making those kind of films anymore. Everyone's just making films that subvert them and make fun of them. But, like, he's kind of right to an extent. He's kind of right. There there is a sort of, like, house style of these very big commercial films which are, like, you know, it's kind of the Deadpool effect, right? That, like, it's, like, a, I'm gonna make Ruben wince yeah. even by mentioning Deadpool. <laughs> um, but you know, by, by by being like, oh, this is so subversive of this genre, except the genre yeah. has just become kind of trite, cliched jokes about the genre. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, Deadpool is something. Thinking about it, not that I ever think about Deadpool willingly. <laughs> that um, actually shows why the boy is good for that exact reason. That yeah. Deadpool is just pointing at things and saying, "Look, this is what happens in a superhero film." Whereas not at least there's anything bad about that. Yeah, or not anything, there's anything bad. Yeah. Just oh, we know that this is what's happening, and we're doing 
doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I say exactly. I haven't actually seen Deadpool, Don't, but I, I was, <laughs> um, I was gonna, I was also gonna compare, um, another kind of sort of quite similar in a way, uh, on paper, but not in reality TV series, which is also, uh, come out in the last couple of years is also a couple of series in and that's Netflix's The Umbrella Academy uh, which is it's got a kind of a very similar vibe mm, yeah. on paper in the sense that it's about it's it's based on a um, popular comic but a kind yeah. of quite recent comic the comic is written by the guy from My Chemical Romance yeah, isn't it? I know, yeah, it is funny. <laughs> yeah it's, it's based on a popular comic and it's um, and it's a superhero thing but it's a kind of like dark or adult superhero mm, thing in yeah. some way but like and, and, it, and it's made in this very similar style i was thinking particularly about the music cues you know quite not like um uh badly directed but quite very generically directed yeah, yeah. in this kind of very palatable style but as like we say we find in lots but, of the competent but bland yeah, yeah yeah um with these kind of uh like kind of badass um fight sequences and stuff uh, set to <laughs> yeah. set to classic rock tunes um yeah. <laughs> which is uh, like you know, as we were saying kind of a hallmark of the boys and yet to be completely fair on the boys the umbrella academy is so dull compared to the boys <laughs> and it has kind of no social bite it's completely um like like all the all the all the stuff that makes these characters kind of dark or adult it's all completely in their personal lives it's like they're daddy issues or whatever with their relationship yeah, to the, yeah. the guy who like set up their superhero agency it's kind of bland and neutered and it's again set in the time that we were kind of describing um on our other episode where we talked about tv and anachronism and the kind of the tendency of modern tv productions to create this kind of bland palatable world that's just a kind of anachronistic mix of mm -hmm. anything vaguely stylish from like the, the past like you know 60 years or whatever and it'll all just go in the melting pot together um and and the uh, uh the umbrella academy is like that as well it doesn't have any real whereas the boys to be completely fair completely socially geared all the time it's it feels witty it feels funny it feels apt we, they have and it might be because it's about the present moment very unashamedly maybe yeah. to, maybe to a fault at some point mate, with like the very obvious nazi character i think and stuff like that i kind of liked it when she turned <laughs> out to be a nazi i was like yeah fair <laughs> i think i think there's there's no um we have this debate a lot about um spike lee films don't we ruben yeah. about how far is too far when you're just going for really explicit yeah. political commentary like because uh, spike lee always goes as far as he can and is very obvious with it but actually i think it definitely always works and i think Livy really convinced me of that to be fair uh, thank you well yeah no i um but i think the boys to me the boys is kind of like that i think it does there is this problem though this kind of chinese box problem where like it's a subversive it's a it's a seemingly subversive program um, within this kind of um, uh, completely unsubversive uh, corporation, hegemonic corporation, and within that, and within the subversive program, there's a hegemonic corporation, and within the hegemonic corporation, there's like performed subversion. Yeah. So there is there is a kind of problem there. Exactly, like, yeah. how do we unpack those those Chinese boxes? How do we get rid of the Amazon and keep the boys? <laughs> like, well, and the answer is you can't. Well, you can't, you can't. But but that doesn't mean that the boys doesn't have something yeah. like valuable to uh give to it i think i think it to get down to some like examples of why yeah, it's funny or apt or whatever like um they have this running joke in the second series which is like there's there's now three a whole three women 
um, in the seven, which is like, you know, the, the it team. Never happened before. It's never happened yeah. before. It's an all time high of female <laughs> characters in the seven, uh, which is like the superhero crime fighting team, obviously, and the boys. Um, and uh, they run this girls do it best campaign, which is like obviously such a kind of send up and a pastiche mm-hmm. of. Uh, uh, the way that modern superhero films will kind of just really wheel out their female characters in a yeah. like complete shallow, strong female characters kind of way without any actual thought. To yeah, it. it's not a joke about how there's no women superhero films. It's a joke about how it's shallow the way that the female superhero used yeah. films are used and how shallow like the, those female characters are written as as well. Exactly, like yeah. a case study of which being. Um, uh queen mave um who is outed by homelander like the especially evil head superhero mm-hmm. um on tv uh and vort then massively capitalizes on this and makes uh all her bits in the film gay and like runs a superhero campaign called brave mave uh where she sells like chocolate rainbow colored chocolate bars and all of yeah, this stuff which like is rainbow macaroni cheese yeah exactly yeah. yeah and it's like yeah no it's it's totally on the nose but like really really funny as well and you know it kind of it is one of those things where i think at whatever level you're kind of operating you know whether you you've got a vested interest in these kind of political concerns whether you're just kind of have just been watching the boys or whatever because everybody else is watching it it's that you know looks fun or whatever and then you kind of get interested in it like you go out mm-hmm. into the real world and you encounter complete um copies of what you've seen on the tv show um yeah. i.e me and ruben were queuing in front of the co-op the other day uh and we saw a kind of real life like which brave actually Maeve seemed advert. like it would be too on the nose even for the boys i'd say exactly but like it was just real was it, it, was it was a, a it, was a, it was an advert for a new type of nescafe coffee <laughs> yeah it was an advert and for a said... nescafe coffee and it and, and the, the packet was like it had all different like gender symbols on it like you know different intersecting gender symbols like one for gay women one for gay men maybe a trans one etc one for bi people etc 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 and then it just the advert was just celebrate identity <laughs> which is like so bland and so weird like it doesn't even it can't it even be explicit coffee, about it has nothing yeah. to do with coffee um it has it's like can't even be explicit about what identities it's telling you to celebrate <laughs> because that might be like a little bit risque it's just yeah. pitched the kind of the absolute most kind of bland, <laughs> lowest common denominator thing I could possibly say. I, I, I saw something about that like about a year ago. I think about how um, often, you know, in Pride Month and everything, companies, obviously we all know like kind of rainbow capitalism where companies will like, you know, dress everything up in rainbows for pride and all of this kind of thing. And it's sheerly uh, cynical and to make money, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, no, no question about that. But like th- there's there's apparently this kind of phenomenon where it'll be like lots of rainbow iconography and lots of like kind of positive wording, but often the actual like explicit gay stuff is kind of stripped out. Yeah. I.e. like companies often won't use, they will for their marketing for younger people, but for their kind of generic adverts, they won't use like say an advert with like, two men or in a like you know like a poster with two men obviously in a relationship or two women obviously in a relationship or whatever they'll just have rainbows and like be yourself or whatever like they're kind of keeping it as absolutely lowest common denominator as they possibly can yeah yeah and it's not that it would be good if they did have the two men in the advert no it would would still still be be shallow yeah shallow pandering but it's so obvious sort of barefaced barefaced like like literally like kind of like going at the kind of uh the the most yeah the most uh, marketable kind of little sector that they can possibly exactly, find yeah. something that's just liberal enough to be kind of um give people a kind of happy 
uh, feel good feeling in their conscience, but like just apolitical enough that like people don't actually have to think about gay people if they don't yeah, want yeah. to, and can feel like they're performing their um, pro LGBT subversion by buying the coffee. Of course, yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. Obviously, speaking of bottom lines, we were discussing <laughs> how uh, the, the the name of the company Vort. Uh, is very evocative because um, it obviously because like so uh, it turns out that the founder of Vought, uh it was originally a Nazi obviously as I said it's yeah. quite on the nose it's not <laughs> on the nose um, and uh, I mean obviously it's kind of like an allusion to those um, um, companies that are now very big in America and very successful internationally which have kind of Nazi associations like Bosch for example yeah. um, but it also has that kind of um, uh sort of echo of naught in it as well which i think is very like vort i think is very evocative because of its kind of like complete uh sort of emptiness of content you know it's kind of suggesting that that, that the company is just a vector for its for money making obviously for the bottom line for the ones and zeros which like naught vort kind of evokes it's a joke very similar to the joke of the advert in robocop where it's like this, like it's a um, Verhoeven, as, we, as we've discussed multiple times on the podcast. He's almost the podcast favorite at this point. Yeah, um, is you know, it sort of has these sort of anti-corporate, anti-capitalist um, cinema, cinema from the eighties and nineties, yeah. and the adverts in RoboCop. There, these really horrible like one of them is like um, um, a device in your car that if someone tries to steal your car it literally murders them by electrocuting them putting like a little a, bit like stormfront a little bit like stormfront yeah <laughs> and there's another one where it's like a board game about nu- nuking your family nukem nukem exactly <laughs> yeah funny. and um it's yeah it's a similar thing where it's these funny um, things that are so obviously corporate that they completely miss any humanity or anything and it becomes purely corporations which is the joke in Robocop and Robocop is brilliant brilliant for that we'll yeah maybe discuss that with another day but yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely a precursor to this yeah uh, at one point this kind of this idea of the emptiness of content and everything is really brought home by uh, a very funny se- well dark scene but it's all kind of dark wrestling between mm. dark and funny obviously all the way through the TV show uh, funny scene where um, Homelander is very outraged that um, uh, you know Vought would do anything to undermine him. He's saying, "I'm your, I'm your biggest product. I'm you know the leader of the Seven. I'm your biggest product." And um, the guy who runs the company, Edgar, says. Uh, we're not a superhero company. We're a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> yeah. I.e., they make Compound V, which is the stuff that fuels all the superheroes. Yeah. That's their product. The superheroes as individuals are completely expendable, which is something yeah, that we see throughout yeah. the, the show. And it's the same. I think Edgar's casting is a Breaking Bad reference because Edgar, played by Giancarlo Esposito, is also the main bad guy on breaking bad who owns the uh, chicken company which is this sort of similarly but much more low level it's the chicken company that they're funneling drugs through basically yeah and the joke there is that everyone is very no it's not the joke actually it's the very sort of harsh truth that everyone is expendable and it's all about the money mm. and it's this very harsh that world is funny. Of cast- so i think his casting in the boys is definitely a reference to his uh, famous yeah. role as 
in, in Breaking Bad, yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot that we do really like about the boys. Shall <laughs> we get on to the slightly, the slightly uncomfortable problem, the little um, bomb nestling at the center of all of this, which we absolutely hate, which is Huey as yeah, the protagonist. The protagonist um, of this show is so boring and so bad. so wet. He's so wet. And like, like almost, or, like doesn't ruin the show, but gets close to it at points. Because we were saying <laughs> he's supposed to be wet, obviously. Yeah. So he's this he's guy. he's meant to be sort of redeemed by the end as well. And he is. But I just, don't feel that yeah. he is he's he's like oh you know i'm like harry potter i'm one of those guys where you like you yeah. don't think that they're that amazing but they kind of end up being amazing and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. take it away and it's it's funny that the show isn't self-aware enough for a very self-aware show to realize yeah i don't know why i don't yeah. know it's difficult because you're always supposed to be towing a line because he is sometimes supposed to be funny but he's described on the show as the kind of the canary of of the other uh, very main character butcher who's like the kind of hardcore vigilante yeah. he calls everyone a cunt all the time yeah. uh, amusingly obviously um, butcher has a, is a very strange and like meant to be a stereotype of english people but, but obviously sort of actually isn't. played by an australian who uses cunt in the way that australians use it which is obviously subtly different to the yeah. way that we use well, it we here. don't use it very much at all here of course yeah we do well we do but yeah. it's not like in, in america where it's like all the time in no, america it's yeah. a terrible word in right? america no it's a terrible word here it's just a swear word it's just a swear word isn't it um and in australia it's like saying the or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah no but he's he's he is a funny character but he's uh huey is presented as a as his um canary they say at one point i.e when your canary dies you're in trouble down so the mine sort of, yeah, so, so he's, he's supposed center, to be his moral center but the thing is and he's, he's sort of just like such a liberal as well right yeah like he's sort of meant to be the one that you're like what it would be if a normal person was in this situation he's always like let's save the guys who are trying to kill us let's save the guy who run yeah. through my girlfriend exactly which yeah. is how the show begins by the way very evocatively as i'm sure you'll know if you've seen it by now um uh, a train who's the super speeded superhero runs through huey's girlfriend which is the moment and she explodes, that, and yeah. she explodes which is the moment that kind of radicalizes him except he just doesn't get very yeah, radical yeah, at yeah. all because he's literally with the other main character in about i think in terms of like tv time i think it's like two weeks later yeah, or something like yeah. maybe a month i'm not even sure yeah um, he's really really he's really annoying because he's someone that is constantly trying to get the people to not do the things that they should be doing yeah. I, there's a bit where they have a chance i think at the end of the first season they have a chance to take down the big corporation in some way or, or at least to uh, well, they I have think a chance, they have to, chance to, to kill a train don't they to kill they, homelander isn't it at the end and then he says no we have to go and save our friends first oh yeah, yeah. and so he like he, he abandons the English guy butcher and instead goes to, and you know obviously for the plot of the TV show does succeed in saving the friends but, but actually, actually it's a one man it's the, well, if they were to t- bring down the big corporation that would have a lot be a mu- better, much better consequences sort of, yeah, exactly. than saving two people but he yeah. has to be this sort of yeah Liberal. Let's not forget about the little guy. Exactly, you know, yeah. yeah. No, and, and, and the, the most annoying example of this is at the end of uh, season two, the absolute turncoat. He goes and um, uh, signs up to what is effectively, seemingly. I mean, this is this is weird, but like, yeah. So he he goes and signs up to um, this congresswoman's campaign team yeah. because he says he wants to do things the right way. <laughs> and the congress, like, yes, Huey. Yeah, exactly. The but then the congresswoman turns out to be the person evil. who's been exploding people's heads. But she's also weirdly like a reference to AOC. Yeah. So I'm really, we're really not sure where the show is standing on this one. I, I mean, that's the kind of actually. I'm excited for that because it actually hit 
hints at something slightly more complicated and more maybe more nuanced to come in the next season from the boys that's very <laughs> exciting i think yeah. maybe although maybe that's giving it too much credit no as well. no i would genuinely yeah. be, i would genuinely be interested because that's the main that's the main cliffhanger that we're left hanging. we don't know who the person who's been exploding people's heads in series two is and until it really like, seems like shots yeah exactly yeah two. and it really seems like the trajectory of the show is critiquing sort of anything within the system as being completely abject and not not and yeah. sort of ineffective what i hope including the electoral politics which is what it might be lambasting which it, I, what i hope i still i hope i hope so i, I hope huey's lesson is going but, to be that yeah. the way he was doing things originally was, was the, the right, right way. way but i highly doubt it will be i don't know because why because so. because surely there's going to be a i think there is going to be a series three. Oh yeah i'm sure there's going to um, be a series three so and what four and Huey, five and so on yeah which would unfortunately might slightly dampen yeah. it eventually but yeah. you know we never although know. it's all based on comics that have so are meant is, to carry on there so there must plot. be a plot that's meant but to happen I what would huey do if huey wasn't with the boys it just wouldn't work really would it for a long time so i think he must get sucked back in somehow yeah yeah i don't know i don't yeah i really don't know but anyway yeah so i mean i think that's that's kind of i think we've unpacked that kind of problem like to what extent the boys can raise people's consciousness uh i think quite a lot but kind of it does have its own limitations i think the limitation is definitely overriding if the, the the show is really good and fun and and enjoyable i don't think it's going to cause mass sort of i mean it's going to be seen by everyone isn't it it has been seen by millions of people only it's gonna you know yeah i think you're being a little bit harsh i think you, what you're suggesting is it's not going to lead people to literally take to the streets <laughs> which would be a lot to ask of an amazon yeah, tv show um no yeah i don't I think, think it's going to do that at all but i but i think what I, was, what I was talking about that idea of just like going out into the real world and seeing what you've seen on the screen a little bit like yeah, a kind true. of reverse of what the characters are doing in the boys where they kind of they, they're, they're kind of completely immersed in this spectacular mm, world yeah. of the superhero where they see the superhero reflected everywhere they go um you know from convenience store to kind of a massive billboard in Times Square or whatever like I I think when we go out in the world and we see the shallowness of the kind of the advertising that is constantly lambasted in the boys um, I think that there has to be an effect in anybody however kind of unswitched on they usually are to this stuff I think that there is a kind of resonance and a kind of yeah. oh that's kind of fucked up like even if people can't sort necessarily articulate quite the glasses why moments. they live putting on the glasses yeah. exactly <laughs> watch the boys that's what it'll do for yeah. you <laughs> um, I think the news that they're making a spin off set in the um, oh yeah, yeah that's set, so set, bad. set in a vault school for superhero for superheroes which as we said sounds exactly like the kind of thing Vought themselves would make rather yeah. than is maybe slightly indicative it's of so weird that it's is really so weird, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. is indicative I'm a bit sure of that's Amazon rather than the uh, creators. creators doing that although I'm sure they're not saying no to the prospect of more money and yeah, so on yeah it is very sad yeah. At that kind of problem of at what point does it tip into th- its own kind of um, the sort of primordial soup of consumerism that it's yeah. been kind of lambasting. I think the moment we like, start seeing Vought, you know, actual, the, the things that are in the show, the commodities, like, you know, the sort of toys and stuff, I think the moment we start seeing actual ones of those in shops. <laughs> yeah, that will be yeah. a distressing time. Uh, I think it's probably not that far off because it's very Gosh. popular, isn't it? Yeah, that would be very, very strange. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it would be like ones like that, but like of the boys, but then yeah, I guess you'd I get, get the superheroes probably as well. Yeah. We saw a really, I think it, the meme must have been a joke or just made by it was being sent up uh, when I saw this meme but like you know I think it, I think it was I, I can't tell if the original maker of it was just like being really contrarian and was like you know kind of 
um like far alt-right american or whether it was just a joke but it was like um two pictures of butcher and homelander next to each other and it was like when you're young you hero worship butcher growing up means understanding that homelander had it right or, 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 or i really thought like, that must have been i feel joke, like that but... must have been a joke but i mean that's kind it of might fun not have been, yeah. it's kind of fun that yeah, the show's yeah. uh, anyway but what I, I was just gonna quickly say i think uh one like concluding ambiguous we kind of discussed this Mm -hmm. concluding ambiguous moment from the boys to leave us on which kind of does really bring home that problem of like how far is too far in terms of Mm -hmm. tipping into that which it makes fun of uh is a moment at the end of series three um where two sorry uh where after uh this kind of recurring joke with the girls get it done campaign which as i say i found very funny Mm -hmm. um uh we have the three women kicking the nazi woman down and you know getting all over and all yeah. that stuff um and then like a character's like wow girls really do get it done yeah. and like a joke like it's a joke obviously but it's kind of like that's a little bit having your cake and eating it, is it definitely, isn't it i agree really? yeah it felt a bit like they were doing the thing that they were critiquing in the first place right yeah well yeah, yeah. but i mean they, they were doing the thing they were critiquing in the first place i guess the the, the show might say yeah that's okay because it's a feminist politic freed of uh uh, those kind of commercial associations, but of course it's not a feminist it's not, pro- yeah. pro- um, project for those commercial um, associations because the boys itself is a product which yeah. is marketing itself. Yeah, to yeah, us. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So an interesting and ambiguous note to end on. We'll definitely be watching the new series when it comes out. Yeah. We're excited for it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. The Catholic girls start much too late. All sooner or later, it comes down to fate. Might as well will be the one Well, they showed you a statue Told you to pray They built two temple and locked you away Ah, but they never told you The price that you pay For the things that you might have done